Hey everyone, and welcome back to Tales of Esperan. If you're new to the show, we are an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast that's focused on telling fun, character-driven stories. Now, what does that mean? Well, to keep it simple, we sit down at our desks, log in online, and pretend to be someone we're not for a little while, all the while recording it to share with you. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy, second by second, line by line. Follow along as our players pretend to be small-town adventurers, doing their best to put some good into the world. And my favorite part about all this is that we have no idea what will happen next. Our story is being told with a game system you may or may not be familiar with. Oh, who am I kidding? It's Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Now, we loosely rely on this system to tell our own stories, independent of the lore and problematic content that comes out of the box with Dungeons & Dragons, especially in its own world lore. In short, this just means that we use the game system and some dice to decide what happens next to our characters, not some story or some world that someone else has written for us. I wonder what'll happen this week. Roll high? Well, maybe you're a little too weary of the tricks of a stranger on the road. Roll low? Maybe you don't catch someone in a lie when you should. Let's roll the dice and find out what happens next. Together. We last left off. The party had made their way down the wayward trail. Along the way, Eliel, their kind of tentative contracted traveling partner. I didn't want to use the word companion because it's clearly a, you know, armistice going on here. But you traveled down the initial road of the wayward trail towards the Emerald Crossroads. Along the way, Alea suddenly had an epiphany that she might be able to dispel the magic affecting Rose, and changed her back from a lynx to everyone's surprise and mine because the DC was stupid high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you all kind of traveled together. You encountered a creepy deer who kept following you around. Its fur was white, its eyes were milky, and it would just stare at you. Eventually, you chased it off and found this kind of roadside cabin that looked like at some point it might have been a way stop, but it's been long abandoned. Within this cabin, Tedward quickly found a host of these weird, colorful, magical moths, which doused him in a powder that gave him strange magical effects. He continued to throttle this thing until he was thrown into a frenzy of magical effects. He learned to read minds, accidentally read Thurbash's mind, and then they fought over the moth until it died and doused everyone in this magic dust, and they all passed out. Now, while this was happening, or right before this happened, we wind back a little bit. We're just going to jump in with Hele. So you're all standing around the fire. Hele, Rose kind of looks towards you in her freshly human form and says, uh, Hele, I'm going to go on a walk about with, uh, she points to the lady, turtle lady over here. You want to tag along or you want to stay here? I'm game to go. All right. Keep your eyes peeled. That deer was freaky. 
You all kind of make your way down the trail a little bit further down the road and then kind of into the forest a little bit as you begin to navigate your way through some of the woodlands surrounding this way stop. Along the way, Haley, is there anything you would like to do? I'm going to say to Rose that if we see this deer again, let me take the lead. Maybe I can speak with it. Ooh, okay. You can talk with animals? Sort of? I mean... I've always had a mild connection with the ones on my island, so I don't see why not the ones out here. All right. Let's take a look for it, then. If you'd like to roll an investigation check, Rose can aid, so you have advantage. Sure. Two seconds. Investigation. Fourteen. Fourteen. Not bad. So, first thing that catches your eye, this forest is very, very dense. And like you all learned before, looking up at the kind of canopy... There is this just kind of thin film of what looks to be web everywhere. Some spots it's very dense, some spots it's very thin. And you kind of wade into the the foliage a little bit. And you quickly find a tuft of white hair, similar to what you found before, stuck to like a thorny bramble. And with a little bit further peeking around, you can see that there are other tufts of fur stuck to this bramble a little bit further away. And then a little bit further than that, like almost a trail. What do you do? First, I check to see, is this tough to fur trail heading towards or away from like the web that I see? Most of the web that you see is kind of above you, encasing the treetops of the forest here. There isn't much at ground level. Looking around, you can see kind of bits that are dangling or that might have fallen down in the breeze, but nothing that kind of stands out to you. All right. It is moving away from the cabin, I'll tell you that. All right, all right. Really don't like this. Anyway, uh, I will head down the trail, but kind of crouch because... Well, how high up is this web? The web is probably about eight feet up, like right where the canopy begins. Yeah, I'll crouch a little bit and then follow the trail. Roll me a stealth check. Sure, sure, sure. I'm good at that. Wow, I'm bad at that. <laughs> uh, I got a one. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> So you crouch down and start walking and Rose crouches down behind you. And maybe this is how we flavor the wand. You're making your way further and further down the trail. And you hear Eliel go, Oh, we are supposed to be sneaking. I'm so sorry. And she crouches down. And when she does, she kind of stumbles on a rock (laughs) and falls into the bushes, which immediately makes you kind of stand up and look around. And as you do, you notice about 15 feet from you, a little bit further off the trail into the tree line, is that deer again. It's standing there, tall. Its fur is white, its eyes just still have that kind of milky glow over them. Its antlers are kind of woven with spiderweb, and it's just staring at you. Hmm. It blinks once slowly. I will attempt to creep closer to it. Okay, um, hmm, animal handling, I think? All right. Eight. Eight. Oh, wow. I rolled an eight Hmm. on its insight. Pretty sure it's not that smart. So you creep closer and the foliage here is dense. So you're not as careful and kind of deliberate as you'd like to be. You stumble a bit, which you see that as you get closer, the the creature isn't, it takes a couple steps back. Mm -hmm. It's not getting closer to you, but it's also not fleeing. I'm just going to call out to it and ask where it's from. Ooh, let me double check your bespeech thing. The feet that we continuously forget yeah. that you have. As you say this, 
the creature, it kind of looks left and right, like around the forest, which to you is kind of gesturing in a very, very limited concept here, like mm. this piece of the forest. Okay. Are there any others like you? You hear its hoof scrape on the ground and, it, and blows out steam and is kind of like digging its foot in the ground in an aggressive way, which you take to mean no. Okay. Why were you hanging around us earlier? It shakes its head in kind of a weird way. I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but if a deer gets something tangled in their antlers, they're kind of shaking their head and swinging the antlers down like it's trying to remove the web. So wait, does, does that mean it's trying to get rid of us? Get us or warn us? No, no. Like, I think in this situation, it's very literal. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, it was nice to meet you. And then I'll go back to Rose. So a few feet away, you find Rose and Eliel kind of crouched behind a fallen tree, just watching. And as you approach, um... So what's it, uh, did it work? What'd you get? It looked like it was just kind of huffing at you. Oh, it seems like it's a normal deer, just weird for, because it's a weird place, not because it's a bad deer. All right. Did it, what did it tell you? Or did it tell you anything? That earlier it had web stuck in its antlers and that it's from here and that there's nothing else like it. Nothing else like it? That's weird. I think it's just very confident. <laughs> That's a... It's a funny interpretation. I mean, deer are common, right? Yeah, this this region, they're very common. Yeah, but it could be, it's an alpha, who knows? It's the most proud one of the pack, whatever pack it may be from. That's a good point. Or it's the only one, who knows? Eliel kind of stands up and looks towards the deer, which by the way, has not left. And she goes, hmm, I think I can talk to him. Hello, deer. Why are you following? Uh, and as she's saying this, the deer scrapes its foot on the ground and huffs real hard. Are you trying to insult it? Can it understand the common language? It understood me. Deer, are you special in some sort of way? The deer doesn't respond. It's insulted by you. It doesn't like you. Eliel <sighs> plops down on the log. It means there's no harm. We might as well just leave it be. What's the worst that could happen? Um, it could come kill us and eat us in our sleep. What are you afraid of? You can teleport to another plane. Valid. All right, where else do you want to walk to, Rose? Um, I think we could probably, we're southeast-ish of where the cabin is. I think we can keep making our way around to the southwest and then loop back to the cabin, follow the trail down a little bit. And as she's saying this, you hear in the distance... The screams of Alea and Thurbash and you hear yelling. Does it sound like a panic yelling or the general normal yelling? Panicked. All right, then we will hurry back over to help them. Or I will hurry back. I don't okay. know the other two. Roll me an athletics check. All right. I'm bad at that. I got a, a two, actually. A two? Okay, not great. So you sprint ahead and Rose and Eliel follow in tow. And in a pretty short amount of time you make your way back to this cabin and you see that someone has kind of lit a little ring of fire with a bunch of kindling and you see Alea collapse on the ground and on the porch of this little kind of woodside cabin and from her mouth fog is just pouring out you don't know what the hell is happening what would you like to do i'll cast eyes of the veil 
Okay, cool. So what does it look like as you cast the spell? I know the material components are, I think it's some kind of... Reflective glass colored powder. Ooh, okay, yeah. So what does that look like as you cast it? I guess I sprinkle the powder over the fur around my eyes and then shine the light from the reflective glass into my eyes. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, so like the kind of dancing orange of the firelight reflects up into your eyes and you kind of breathe in and for a moment your ears ring and your fingers kind of tingle. And as you do, you can feel the school of magic that has just washed over you, which is this kind of divination magic. With that, what would you like to do? Kind of take a look at Alea and just try to perceive what kind of magic is affecting her. If it's harmful or there's anything I need to do about it. Yeah, you make your way over and kind of put your hand on her shoulder as she's laying there on the ground. You know immediately she's under the effect of some kind of conjuration magic, which is mingling with an enchantment spell. And the spells are mingling in a way that is kind of feels familiar to you. Imagine two songs of totally different bizarre genres mingling mm. together to like a perfect melody, even though they shouldn't be. For you, this is an, a strong indication of wild magic. Okay. Like something from the region is making this happen. I'll turn to Ilya and ask, can you do anything about this? Well, I have a pillow in my bag. It's better than nothing. <laughs> she begins to rifle through her bag and pulls out this kind of prim and proper fluffy pillow, lifts up Alea's head and puts it underneath. There. Problem solved. Make sure she's on her side. We don't know how the smoke's getting out. She rolls her over. There we go. All right. I guess that's all we can do, so we'll move on to the next person. Looking around, you see that the door to this cabin is ajar and Thurbash has collapsed on the ground inside, along with much further past him is Tedward. And inside the room, there's this kind of mingling, like, dust in the air that's kind of glittering across the firelight. I'll try to continue using my eyes of the veil just to find out if the dust is okay. Okay, do you walk into the room? How visible is the dust? Very. Not until I know what the dust is. Okay, so with the eyes of the veil, you kind of reach your hand maybe gently in the door because you have to touch things for you, for you to be able to figure out the spell. Mm -hmm. But as you get closer and closer, you can feel the same kind of thing. There's this inherent chaos happening that's arcane, but you feel like mingling of like tons of different schools of magic all at once, but it's like fluctuating almost like to you, it feels like light being cast through a prism and you get these kind of dancing lights that don't really have any kind of pattern or rhythm to them. You get the sense if you were to engage with this, something weird would happen, like something unpredictable. All right, before I walk in, do I see Thurbash or Tedward? Thurbash is within arm's reach. If you wanted to grab his feet and pull him out, Tedward's much further in. I'll walk in to grab Tedward. Okay, as you walk in, roll me a, I think, a wisdom saving throw with advantage because you're aware of the effect. All right. Maybe you can hold your breath. Wisdom, that's right. And as I'm doing, I'm telling Rose to grab Thurbash. Rose walks up behind you and grabs Thurbash by the ankles and kind of pulls him out while she's holding her leather duster over her mouth. I got a solid six. Ooh, okay, so roll me a d10. All right, five. Roll me a d4. Oh no. <laughs> three. Three, you can now understand all languages for three days. Haley doesn't know this, but, but you, the player, do. Ooh, that's nice. I'll be right back. All right, besides reading minds, did anyone else get a good effect? Um, Chadwick got a bunch of effects. Yeah. He had, he had like seven or eight stacking effects. He had time slow. Well, he'd like time slow. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was able to move at super speed, and that's why he was able to grab and shake the bug multiple times before mm-hmm. we could actually do anything about it. I don't think me and Alea know what our final effect was either, because oh. we just collapsed from the magic. Yep. So that's a little bit bad. <laughs> well, yeah, they last for a long time. Yeah, I don't know, because if we had a final effect, hypothetically, before we passed out, it could be really negative or positive. Or a mix of both. Chaos. It's the best kind. So, while Thurbash is being pulled out, Haley, yeah, you breathe this in as you walk into the room, and you feel an enchantment take hold on you, and you can, like, feel it on the tips of your fingers. I'm going to look up the spell so you can know the school. It's a divination spell has just taken hold on you. Okay. You know it's strong because it it's intense. It feels like it could last a while. You're not entirely sure how long. I want you to know, it's a very good thing that you mentioned the part that I know, but Haley doesn't know, that he got a very interesting and cool effect from this. <laughs> There'd be a lot of things happening right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Haley doesn't know what it is. He knows he was just enchanted by a divination spell. And Tedward is unconscious on the ground at your feet. Yeah, I'm going to attempt to... What's a dexterous way to drag someone out of a place? I mean, I can't think of one. Neither can I, so athletics it is, I guess. <laughs> you could, like, shoulder throw them. I still have to pick them up, though. Or you just drag him by his feet. That's the most dexterous way to do it. Or you, like, do a tactical roll, pick them up, and carry them out. Okay, you know what? Tactical roll, like the fireman's kind of crazy thing, I might, I would allow that if you want to use acrobatics. All right, I'll give it an attempt. 21. I was going to say the DC's 18. Otherwise, you just roll too far forward and his weight <laughs> lands on top of you. <laughs> you somehow managed to do this kind of roll and get him up on your back without much issue. He is heavy and it's slow to get him out of the cabin. But with enough effort, you managed to pull him out as well. And you see Alea's on the ground and Eliel is kind of standing very close to her face, poking her cheek. Hello, wake up. The fog has stopped coming out of her mouth at this point. Let them sleep it off. I have a question, not as Alea. Mm-hmm. Where's Tedward? No, not Tedward, Tuberry. That's a great question. Oh, oh no. Uh, you're in charge of Tuberry, if, if I'm not mistaken. Is he, is he, did he get affected by the moth stuff? <laughs> oh no. How? Oh no. Sealed are your pockets. Hold on, I need to roll a... <laughs> Tiny smoking berry. You can hear me rooting through my dice bag. This is fucking amazing. You sense the godhood. I rolled a two. I'm going to pick this effect because it's funnier. But two, the creature gains the enlarge or reduce effect. No. <laughs> He's going to be a small creature now. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, he'd be even smaller than he already is, right? So he, he would go from a hand-sized berry to, like, a micro-berry? Yes. Wait, I thought um, he was getting bigger. He's getting bigger. He's getting bigger. Oh, he's getting oh. bigger. Never mind. He's like well. the size of me. All right. Here's how we'll play this. Hele, you're doing this. Alea, if you think you would like to be awake now, I think that's okay. I could probably come, too. Yeah. Okay. So you come to Eliel is poking you in the cheek. Hello. And I try to sit up. You sit up just fine. You feel a little stiff and like the inside of your mouth feels very dry and like not fuzzy is the right word, but you know what I mean? Like cotton mouth. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Cool. What? Can I get a perception? Yeah, I want to sure. look around. I've been using like roll twenty dice. Not good. And I feel like my my rolls have just been like uncommitted. How bad was it? Uh, I haven't rolled it for yet, but I feel like before just like scrolling up and seeing my other previous ones have mm. just been an eleven. Nice. And I have a plus six. Like, how did I get an 11? <laughs> That's very low. With an 11, you kind of look around the campsite to take stock. You can see that Hele is slowly carrying Tedward out of the cabin. Rose is kind of tapping Thurbash on the cheek, which Thurbash, I think now's a good time for you to wake up if you'd like. Oh! <laughs> Alea, you're kind of do a sweep of the whole group. Look around the campsite, you can see the fire gently dancing and casting light about the tree line. You can hear faintly crickets in the distance. Your eye sweeps across the campsite, and then you do a quick double take as you see a watermelon-sized tuberry just standing there looking at his little hands. Oh. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, wait! I... And I'm checking my my mouth and nose and stuff if for any yep. smoke, right? I don't see anything. The fog has stopped. That one had a time limit. It worked! Holding my breath worked! <laughs> oh no, Tooberry. Tooberry looks up at you and he has the scared face on. Ooh. It's okay. You're just, you just, you're just plumper. Nothing wrong with that. He, he takes a step forward and the, the new weight is disorienting and he falls. <laughs> Pick him up. You make your way over and pick him up. And he's having trouble standing, but he kind of gets it. It's like a toddler oh. learning how to walk. <laughs> okay, so the f- what just happened? What 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 was that? Uh, a, a lot of things happened. Where's Tedward? Haley, what have you done with Tedward? <laughs> oh, I'm still struggling to get out the door. Yeah, oh, you guys look over and see Haley struggling to get Tedward out the door because he's so damn big. I'm gonna yep. gently place Tuberry down. And then I'm going to go try and help and tug Tedward out. Yeah, so with the help of Alea, Haley, the two of you kind of pull Tedward out onto the kind of soft dirt here outside of the front of the decrepit like cabin and kind of plop him on the ground. There's a big plume of dust that kicks up and he... He's snoring real loud. Where's the dead moth? I don't know if Alea knows about the dead moth. I feel like you walked in and saw it happening. Okay. You take a quick peek inside and you can see that there is like a moth splattered all over. <laughs> Can I go and like collect some of the powder in like a little vial that I have? Yeah, sure. Roll me a survival check, I think. One thing I will tell you now that you're aware of it, looking in the room, you can see that there is this kind of sparkling dust in the room that is starting to settle. Is it, am I going to get affected again? Should I, I'm going to pull up my, my jacket and cover my face. Okay. Do you walk in? <laughs> Roll me a wisdom save with advantage. Or, you know what? Yeah, wisdom saving throw with advantage, because these are all enchantment spells. I might have used constitution before, but that was probably because I didn't want you guys to know what it was. I got a natural 20, but it's a 26 because I have plus six. Damn! I thought you were like, natural 20, and then a six, and I was like, oh. <laughs> you walk in, but maybe you're like, yeah, holding your breath works. You just kind of hold your breath and keep your mouth covered and walk over. And you find the moth kind of on the ground. Oh, can, can you put together a moth? Can I like res this thing? <laughs> I don't even know if I have. Just in your experience with your parents, because you know, I'm. This is a question. When it came to diet, what kind of diet was your family like? Was it like I'm a vegetarian? 
vegetarian or okay so they are vegetarian so hmm you don't know much about preparing animals but this thing looks pretty ripped in half hmm. <laughs> save it by the frenzied drug strength of tedward and the pure panic of thurbash so like healing word isn't gonna help it right <laughs> <laughs> you can try you can certainly try are you a god the god of nature uh, i'm gonna try it oh wait can can I use which one's stronger, healing spirit or healing word? Um, healing spirit is stronger over time. Or beam of the summer court. Oh, bomb of the summer court. That's not uh -huh. necessarily a spell. That's something you have as a Phaedruid. You can uh -huh. use that. It won't cost you a spell slot. I'll use that. Okay. Roll me the dice that you get from it. Uh, get one. I don't even know. How do I find that? It's on your sheet somewhere. You can click it if it's oh. in your spells. You have pool of fan energy represented by a number of d6s equal to your druid level. Oh, so five d6s. If you'd like to roll five d6s. Yes. All of them? Oof. I got 15. I got two ones. So you kind of reach over and touch this moth, or at least the two pieces of it. What? How do you... I'm going to try to scoop it in together. Oh. Okay, so not to... I will not be too graphic. You pull this... The, the pieces together and just with your hands trying to use the fey magic that kind of is channeled through your body as you do this and you kind of touch it and you can see that wounds are kind of repairing a little bit but it's definitely too far gone I don't <laughs> the best part is that you got cut off as whatever you just said <laughs> i think he's gonna make it you guys hear that from inside the cabin I mean, we pulled him into two pieces. Who? The the moth, Haley. She She's trying to save the moth, which has now been split. Okay, well then can I collect some of his little dust in new vial? Um, yes. Roll me a survivor check and another wisdom save. Do I still get advantage on the wisdom or no? Mm-mm. Oh, your mouth okay. is covered, yeah. Haley is visibly Eight. confused, not worried about it. Um, you open your mouth, and at this point, the, the, the dust is starting to settle. This this room has become safe. And I got a 15 on survival. So you don't know much about preparing animals, because, again, the whole vegetarian thing, but you have learned kind of collection techniques from your mom, which is super helpful here. Because looking through this thing, you can tell that it's kind of big, fuzzy, really bright pastel-colored fuzz is covered in this kind of dust. And when you touch it with your hand, the dust kind of springs up into the air a little bit. With that, you kind of take maybe a little brush out of your bag or something and like brush a bunch of this kind of powder into a vial and cap it. You have what we're going to call magic moth dust. Nice. The DC is 12. Okay. Another D&D &D item that sounds like a drug. <laughs> moth dust. Magic moth dust. DC 12. Now, with that in mind, I think it's fun to cut to Haley and Thurbash who are outside kind of recouping themselves. What are you two doing? I'm going to slowly stand up, assuming that I have no lasting magical effects on me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hold my head for a second, drop my bag, and reach in and go for a item. I'm going to grab my rope, my 50 feet of hempen rope. Okay. I'm going to walk over to the passed out Tedward, and I'm going to begin tying him up. <laughs> Why? Why are you doing this? It's a very long story. But I'll just say, uh, he knows something that I think he shouldn't know. And I need to know what that is before I can trust him again. 
That's not suspicious at all. <laughs> so why do you need to tie him up? Well, also it's because he could have like a ton of magic in his system. And to be honest, between you and me, Tedward and magic don't seem to mix very well. I don't think I've seen anybody as destructive as Tedward before, ever. So you want to put a person like that in a situation where they feel trapped and annoyed and angry. This is just so that he doesn't do anything while he's sleeping. Once he wakes up, I'll untie him because I want to converse with him and I want him to be on my side. However, only because I don't know what happened with the moth, I don't really trust the idea of him having his hands and legs free while sleeping. By the way, when Tedward first ingested the moth dust, he was under the effect of a time stop spell. <laughs> that was another thing that happened to him. So for all you know, he might be able to stop time briefly. Who knows? I just, you know, it's a moth. It has magic. He was able to read minds. There could be any number of other things that could happen. I, I don't want to take the risk that he, like, moves his arm to scratch his nose and then sends a fireball at us and engulfs us into flames. I think it's better to take the risk than to prompt him to do it on purpose. <laughs> Why do you assume that he's going to be violent the minute he wakes up? Who is he? He is a very impulsive individual who has attacked me in his sleep once before. I don't want to take that risk ever again. All right, I have an idea. Instead of tying him up, just write in the book that nothing will happen. That's a horrible idea. I think that's a great idea. I hate that idea so much. Where's the book? It's close by, scribbling, as always. Haley, the last time we did anything with that book, I believe the last time we did anything with that book, an airship was destroyed. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but regardless, I don't want to mess with that book at all. I, like, I don't even want to touch it. I don't want to look at it. I'm trying to pretend that it doesn't exist right now. I'm focusing on the, the chaos that is Tedward first, and then we'll work on the chaos that is the book. And I'm and not even going to talk more. about Eliel right now, so we're going to ignore her too. Eliel's fine. She pokes me with sticks. Who cares? As you say this, you see that Eliel has sat down by the fire, and she does have a stick in her hand, and you notice in the end there is a bunch of marshmallows kind of stuck to them, and she's cooking them over the fire, and she looks at you third and goes, that is so rude. But it's correct. She, like, plucks a marshmallow off. Oh. How about this? Instead of tying him up, Eliel is in charge of making sure he is not violent when he wakes up. I, I also don't like that idea. Well, here's a perfect example. When we first met Eliel, we had our conversation, right? We set our terms of agreement, right? And then she stole Rose for like an hour. And we don't know what happened to her. Rose doesn't even remember. And then she came back as a lynx. And then luckily, Alayla, thank you again, was able to turn Rose back into a human. I love that Thurbash is so nervous. He's getting people's names wrong. <laughs> But, you know, it's just like, I don't even want to deal with that. Again, In fairness, the Lynx part was an accident. Uh, true. You're correct. It was an accident. So as you're saying this, Thurbash, Rose kind of cuts in. Uh, Elio was about to speak and Rose cut in first. And Rose goes, all right, now look, I have been to the Feywild before. As you know, I've met Bayet. Bayet's shop kind of hangs out on that border. Sometimes when you come back, things do come a little sideways. 
Eliel took me because, um, we had to have a little talk and I needed to help her carry her things back. Right, Eliel? And Eliel looks at her and goes, Mm-hmm. That was the whole truth. I crossed my hand over my heart. See, that's, that's the thing I'm talking about. I trust you completely, Rose. So far, you have not steered us wrong. I have no qualms against you. It is Eliel that I have a problem with right now, but I'm ignoring that problem. I'm focusing on the more chaotic nature of Tedward and his magic dust and the magic book that causes chaos. At this point, Alea, you I feel free, feel like your scenes have overlapped now. Alea comes out kind of like upset, holding a small bundle. I don't, how big are these moths? They were like the size of, actually, watermelon two berries, a good size. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, wrapped up in cloth, little thing. Oh. He didn't make it, guys. And I'm gonna go find a nice tree. I'm gonna bury the little moth. Oh, with your little dirt shovel. Yeah. (laughs) Does anyone accompany her on this journey? Because a a goofy little moth funeral sounds kind of adorable right now. Haley will look at Thurbash, look back, look at the watermelon-sized two-berry and go, there's too much going on. Grab two-berry and help and follow her. (laughs) <laughs> you walk right. over. Do you, do you just grab his hand like a little kid? Yes. I assume he can walk. <laughs> he holds your hand and follows. While they are doing that, I'm going to take my rope out and bind the arms, only the arms, of Tadward. Okay, just roll me a dex check. Okie dokie. Or sleight of hand for the... Oh, please be a failure. That'd be great. While I'm doing that, I'm going to try and find his bag. And for a second, I will consider putting a potato in his mouth, but then I will decide against that. Smart move. But he uh, likes I rolled, I rolled a 19 for dexterity. 19. Okay, write that down, because that's going to be important later. So while you're tying him up and kind of getting it figured out, we cut away to, I guess, Alea, Hele, and Tuberry, who have kind of found a nice little secluded tree. Mm-hmm. Alea, feel free. We're gathered here today to remember the life of this magical moth, You may have caused us a lot of panic, and we may have not known you very well. We are sorry for accidentally killing you. Does anyone else have anything to say? Two berries gesturing with his big hands. Beautifully put, Two Berry. Beautifully put. Oh my god, wait, hold on. Hele, as Two Berry is making these sounds... Yeah, you you hear very clearly from Two Berry. He was weird and fuzzy, and I I liked how his fur fell on my big new hands. (laughs) What do you do, Haley? Haley's stunned, staring, and is stuck for a minute because he does believe in last rites and wants this funeral to go well for the moth, even though he doesn't know the moth. Okay, I think think this is as good as it's gonna be. Take care, live on. Flap those beautiful dusty wings. Goodbye. Uh-oh. And I'm gonna have a moment of silence. Okay. As soon as we get like five steps away, Haley's gonna be stunned. Since when can Tuberry talk? Huh? He's always been talkative. But Is it that right, little guy? Yes it is, friend. Alaya <laughs> doesn't understand this Haley though, fucking crystal clear. Haley just assumes he's in on the joke now. 
Okay, if everyone else can understand it, that's fine. It's <laughs> so chaotic. I didn't think of the implications of this, but I kind of love it. <laughs> okay. Hey, folks, and welcome to the mid-roll. So, first things first, housekeeping, as always. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Twitter at Tales of Asperon. That's A-S-P-E-R-R-A-N. When we're not releasing episodes, I'm usually on there putting out cool tweets for the show. Sometimes we do polls for new NPCs, new magic items, and cool things in the world that you can take an active part in making by voting on these polls. You can also support the show by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Kind words mean the world to indie creators like us. And sharing those kind words with everyone else means even more. We're a word-of-mouth production, and we don't pay for ads. So we rely on your support to spread the joy of our stories to the rest of the world. If passive support isn't your thing, well, we now have merch on Redbubble. I've personally designed some stickers, t-shirts of our characters, buttons, and posters, all designed with a helping hand from Mars Maybe Gaming on Twitter, who created our character art. Any purchases made here will directly support the hosting costs of our show and our website, so you can fund us directly and get some good-looking merch out of it. The link for that is in our episode description, and we occasionally post it on Twitter when we drop new products. This week, our cross-promotion partner is... Oh, look at that. Chosen Ones. Cassie has been a good friend of our production for a long while, and I cannot rave enough about their show. Take it away, Cassie, you legend. Well, hello there, young adventurer. I've been waiting for you. We've met before, don't you remember? Ah, no worries. I'm quite forgetful myself. The other sparks are waiting for you. Leviath, Shuey, Theo, and Brandy. They've had such wonderful tales to tell. A truly marvelous story. I wonder which one of them will be the chosen one. Perhaps none of them will. Perhaps it will be you. The morning's coming soon. I have to leave now. Will I see you again? I sure hope so. Is a story really a story if there's no one to tell it to? Well, goodbye for now, adventurer. Chosen Ones is a visual novel-style D&D podcast on YouTube that releases every Thursday at 1pm CST. Find us on Twitter at Chosen Ones D&D. Come adventure with us. All right, let's get back to the show. Okay, so I think to nail down this chaos and ground us in another scene, everyone finishes up what they're doing. And at this point, you've kind of gathered around the campfire. Eliel is still sitting there. You notice that she has pulled crackers and chocolate out of her bag and is making s'mores. I mean, she has like a stack of them going as she's roasting more marshmallows. Tedward is kind of sitting close by, propped up against the tree, facing the fire. Rose as well has kind of taken a bedroll and rolled it out on the ground and is kind of laying in it, but facing the fire. Haley is paying attention to see if Thurbash ever leaves Tedward alone for too long. I will be standing next to Tedward with my arms crossed, not sitting down. I would like to investigate the house, the rest of the house, cautiously and with a mask on. Okay. <laughs> so relevant. So relevant. Oh, that hurt my soul. <laughs> Yes, this was recorded in April of 2021. Now you know. Uh, <laughs> you kind of mask up 
and go, <laughs> and go into the cabin. What are you looking for? Just anything that could be of use. Any secrets that this little cabin could hold or food? Or... Okay, roll me an investigation check, I think. Okay. 15. Not bad. So you look around the cabin, and this is just mostly like a bunch of decayed bunks. There are cots here that look like they might have been stuffed with like a down feathers, but they have kind of, the cloth has long rotted away. This path, this cabin has not been used for a very long time. There is a hole in the back of the wall at the, the back of the cabin that just opens up into darkness of like the forest around. The windows that make up the walls of this place are kind of shattered. You find a clothing trunk and kind of prop it open and it's empty. You find a copper piece sitting there kind of rusted like it's been there for a long time. But with a 15, you're kind of walking around through and after you've assessed the whole room, you turn to leave and you notice that there's a piece of metal stuck in the wall right above the door, almost like a plaque. What do you do? Is there any writing on the plaque? From what you can tell, yes. Ooh, I would like to try to read it. If it's like dusty or whatever, I'll move that aside and I'll dust it and try to read it. Holy shit, I didn't think you'd be able to read the sign. You recognize the language immediately. It's Sylvan, which is the language of the Fae. Mm -hmm. What does it read? Do I have to roll? No. I do know Sylvan. You don't have to roll because you know the language. I know so many languages. I forgot how many I know. Yeah, I opened your sheet to see if you could read it. The roads we walk wind far and wide, woven together with truths and lies. That's what it says. I'm gonna write this down in my, do I even have a journal? <laughs> I, I feel like you would. You seem like a journal type of person. Yeah, so I'm gonna write that down and then I'm gonna go out to where everyone else is. Not that I think this is of any importance. Does anyone know what this could possibly be talking about? The roads we walk wind far and wide, woven of truths and lies. Can I try a knowledge arcana on that? Yes. Yeah. Sure. I'm also going to be looking towards um, our little fae friend. Oh. 17. 17 for Thurbash. Hey, Lay, I think for you, this might be better served as a history check. History, got it. 15. 15. 17 for arcana, 15 for that. Alea, and what were you rolling? I guess perception, watching Eliel. What are you looking for? Just any signs of recognition or reaction. I think that might be insight. Insight? Yeah. Okay. 11. Have I been rolling 11s and 15s this entire time? Alea, looking over Eliel, she's munching on a really hot, way overcooked marshmallow. And it's like hot and soupy in her mouth. And she's kind of like, like she's made... Definitely made a mistake. You can't tell if there's any recognition on her face. I would just like to give her a handkerchief. <laughs> so you're reaching over and give the handkerchief, Thurbash. You don't know yes. what this means in particular, though from the kind of folk tales and warnings you were told about your kind of isolated, not very knowledgeable clan, you know, the, the stories that have made you distrust Fae. Rhymes are dangerous, at least when you hear them associated with Fae. Hele, you rolled an 11? 15. Oh, a 15. Never mind. That changes things. You can't put your finger on exactly where you've heard this rhyme before. But the first thing that comes to mind is the Wayfinder, god of pathfinding and travel. You can't quite put your finger on where you've read this or learned about it or heard it, but it was definitely something associated with the Wayfinders and trails and pathfinding and things of that nature. DM. Yes. 
can I pull out the shard of the first seed mm-hmm. and attempt to, as we've talked about before, the shard of the first seed will gently tug leading in the direction of a planar gateway. Or if it's placed on a map, it will draw a location if there one, yep, if there is one to exist. I will quickly pull out a piece of paper and sketch a real basic map of the area that I know that we're in. Okay, and then put the pen over it. Yeah, like like middle school level. Here is a house. Here are some trees, and then put the pen on it. <laughs> you dangle the pen over it in this fashion, and it doesn't respond at all. Hmm. Haley, would would you kind of articulate what you know about it, or? Yeah, I'll just say it. From what I remember, it's something from a tale of the Wayfinder, if I remember right. I don't remember what the tale is, but it rings a bell. As you say this, Eliel has just finished wiping her face with the napkin that Alea gave her, and she goes, "Hmm, truth and lie. I know of a game about truths and lies." <laughs> the other part doesn't sound familiar to me at all, but. Two truths and a lie is always fun. God damn it. <laughs> she like picks up like a, a s'more that she's made. Small as anyone? I will take one. It smells amazing. Not- you haven't eaten it yet, maybe, but it definitely smells great. Uh, I'm, I'm eating it. Committed, 100%. Let's go. Thurbash, I think I don't even have to say, but the fact that she just accepted food from a fae is probably alarm bells in your head. Uh- you can play that angle if you'd like. If not... Feel free. I won't be accepting anything from you, Eliel. No offense. None taken. Huh? I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> Alea with a mouthful. Hmm? I'm, I'm like, look, I'm just gonna like take it out, like just like into my hands. Should I be concerned about this? Well, let let me put it no. like this. I don't know particularly a lot about Eliel, but for the Fey. Accepting things from them is like, what's the best comparison? It's like inviting a bear into your house. You're not guaranteed that the bear is going to attack, but you're also not guaranteed that the bear won't attack. I will tell you those tales are based on superstitions by people who have angered fade. Look, yes, if I offer you food and you eat it and you're kind, all is well. If I offer you food, you spit it on the ground, and then curse my name, yes, I'm going to cast a hex on you because that's how the world works. Oh, he's gonna slowly eat the marshmallow again. <laughs> In my experience, um, um, bears are usually really nice. <laughs> we have different experiences with bears. So, Haley, what are you doing during all this? Haley is extending a claw and trying to find and asking for a uncooked one so he can cook it himself. Ooh. Oh, that's cool. Eliel gives you the supplies and a stick that she found somewhere. You feel free to make your own some more. Yeah, I'll put the work in. I'm happy to. <laughs> so while you're all cooking s'mores over the fire, Elio goes, Look, we have been traveling for, what, five days now? And Rose goes, Actually, it's one. Uh, one day. And all you've all done is argue. This is so boring. Can we play a game? What type of game are you requesting? Is this going to be a magical game? I brought it up earlier. Two truths, one lie. You can learn more about me, I can learn more about you. And, you know, you kind of have to tell which one is the lie to make the game fun. Interested? Otherwise, I'm just going to go to bed. Group huddle. 
<laughs> group huddle. Sorry, Alea. Smaller group huddle. No offense to you again. Oh, because she trusts all. Oh, jerk. Uh, it, I look at Elia. I'm like, it's okay. Elia <laughs> looks at you with with kind of a um, like a, a kind of grin on her face, and she goes, "I would hex him if he spit my food on the floor." And she winks at that's you. Why, that's why I didn't take the food. Uh, <laughs> real quick, real quick, real quick. Mike. Yes. Could I use precipitation? To carry our voices only to Alea? Hmm. Normally, it's no. If you spend some sorcery points, absolutely, because I like the idea that a sorcerer can kind of bend magic this way. Oh, yeah, no. Tell me how many it costs, and I'm doing it. Um, three. All right. Down to two points. Because you're kind of pulling it away from what the spell's capable of doing. Yep, all for this. Okay. So just Alea? Yep, just to Alea. Okay, so both of you go over and huddle somewhere. I'm going to grab Haley and we're going to huddle. We're going to huddle right in front of the passed out body of Tedward. Okay. So he can be a part of the huddle. <laughs> Alea, you can hear this. <laughs> we're going to bring in Tuberry too. And I'm going to have Alea sit next to us, but not in the huddle. Rude. All right. So rude. <laughs> I understand. I, listen, it's very good to get information. Don't get me wrong. Just past experiences and what I was trained in, learning things or giving information to the Fae is dangerous. It's not a good idea. The more they know, the more leverage they have. I'm I, leaving it up I, to a vote. Putting Alayla in this conversation is because I think she's going to say yes, regardless of what we talk about. <laughs> Again, no offense to her. <laughs> I am voting no. So, since Tedward is out of commission right now... Tedward burps. I don't know if that's a yes or no. Abstain. Sure. Since Tedward is out, Haley, I'm letting you and potentially Rose make the decision. I don't think she can be trusted, but I'm, that's my own piece. I'm just going to point this out there. From all the stories in the books of my tribe, the Fae are... Unless there are an absolute evil Fae, which I don't believe Ilya is, it's all about intent. If you intend good, they are good to you. If you intend bad, they intend bad back. But what if they intend bad and we don't know it? That means someone's intending bad to them. I love that take. It's very like reactionary. And it kind of tracks because the Fae Wild is like a, it's like a, a really powerful binary reflection of our world. So like good is great, bad is worse. All I say is this, they are mischievous to a T and giving information to someone like that can either be really good or really bad. There's no middle ground. I would agree only if it's the information they demand. If it's information you can choose, it's fine. In this game, you can give up. I've once held a stick. I've once held a shark. I've once held a fire. Two of those could be true. One of those could be a lie. It's not much information though. I will let you decide on what we want to do. You can talk with Alayla and make your decision. Is Thurbash just saying her name wrong every time because he sucks at names? Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that that makes this whole little side piece even more of an indicator of how much of an asshole Thurbash can be. Because he excluded her from the conversation and she can hear him getting her name wrong every time. It's okay. I, I'll let you decide with our leader. All I'll say is this. With what's currently been happening, I'm real on edge, man. And I don't want to be even more stressed out knowing that a fae knows something that they shouldn't know. 
All right. All right. All right. Let me check something real quick. Does this protest? Oh, no. Protest? No. Someone help me. Press the digitation. Yes, that. Does that go other ways? No. Haley is slyly using his magic to throw the conversation towards your ears in like a whisper so you can hear it. Okay, well, I'm whispering back. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just going to say, I'm not going to make you do something that you're uncomfortable with doing, so don't worry. Oh. (laughs) It's... It's not the act that I'm uncomfortable with. It's the person that I'm in- interacting with that I'm uncomfortable with. Not you, Eliel. I'm really uncomfortable with the Fae. Let's just put it like that. No okay, offense, Okay, so Eliel. hold on, hold on. Because you guys had done a side huddle and were throwing this conversation to Elias here so she could hear. So let's say you've kind of come back to do the vote. What do you guys do? Haley will first, because he has an idea, was to check the cabin because his eyes of the veil last for eight hours. Jesus. Yeah, what? it's a long spell. <laughs> and just to see if, like, just wave his paw in there, if it feels like it still has a lingering effect. As you kind of just put your hand through the air, you don't feel it. Yeah, you know, just for the audience, yes, this sounds like a very overpowerful detect magic spell. But I've written it this way specifically because you have to physically touch anything you want to detect magic on, which is great if these tra- if there are traps that are magically triggered. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, you sweep your arm through the room and you don't feel any of more of this kind of enchantment magic. It's diffused entirely. Then I will turn back to everyone and say, I do wish to play this game, but I understand Thurbash doesn't want to. And there's not very many easy places to go to like, you know, be separate, but to be within sight of each other. So how about us who wants to play can play in the cabin and Thurbash and whoever else wishes to hold out can stay with Tedward and make sure he's okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah, sounds good. Eliel? Yes? We have come to a decision. More, mm. I should say, they have come to a decision. I am going to sit out here with Tedward to make sure that he doesn't cause a ruckus when he wakes up. So I will be politely declining the offer to join in your game. My friends, however, will be more than welcome to join you. Wonderful. I have been so bored. Where are we playing? Over here in the cabin. Oh, okay. Um, Eliel gets up and grabs a couple s'mores and like reaches into her bag and pulls out a fluffy blanket. It's like a big winter blanket. Side note, after having one, Haley has decided he doesn't like s'mores. <laughs> Ooh, controversial take. <laughs> it gets into his fur. Oh yeah, that's a great point. Is Tooberry joining us? Are you Tooberry? Mm. Oh. And then as Tuberry finishes that word, he goes and turns into a regular berry again and just hits the ground. And from his body, Haley, you hear a tiny little, ow. Oh, oh yeah, help him. Oh no. Okay, I'm gonna go pick him up and put him in my pocket. Thank you. I'm gonna say, if you would like to play, you can. If not, you can just nap there. He's out. Adorable. Okay, so. Alea follows into the cabin. So the three of you kind of gather up in the cabin. Thurbash, Rose is sitting outside with you and Tedward. And we cut into this kind of like abandoned, dark, kind of dingy roadside cabin in the woods. The floor is creaky beneath your feet. The air smells a little musty and mildewy. And how would you like to place yourselves in the room, I think, so we can set the scene? I'm thinking like sleepover, kind of like little huddle circle type of thing. Okay, so Eliel kind of takes your lead and you kind of sit down in the room 
Eliel's cross-legged. She just put a pile of s'mores in the middle of everyone. So, is it on the blanket or is it on the floor? It's on the blanket. Okay. It's going to say on the floor covered in moth dust that we should be <laughs> snorting, to be honest. No, the, the room is moth free by now. You can tell by the tingling senses. Oh, okay. it, even if you picked up the food, you could tell if it was enchanted in some way. Okay. I thought it was just like it settled and you couldn't just breathe it in. Oh, I just thought of a that's a crazy way that you can use this spell is to prevent yourself from being magically poisoned. Cool. I didn't even think of that. So you settle in a circle. There's the, the fluffy winter blanket has been placed on the floor and there's a kind of a pile of s'mores in the middle, freshly made, they're, they're still cooling. So who would like to go first? I can, if you're nervous. Okay, wait, wait, can we get rules? What, what are the rules? Well, the way I have played, each of us submits three things out loud to the rest of the group. And each person has an opportunity to guess which one's a lie and which one is truth. Okay. And that's it. Just for fun. Just to learn more about each other. Actually, let's make it competitive. If you are, for every time you are correct, you get a s'more. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I, yeah, that sounds okay. I, I, I. Who would like to go first? I will. Ooh. She kind of turns, she has her elbow on her knee, and she's just like kind of looking at you intently. I am afraid of spiders. I am friends with a dragon turtle. My tribe grew cocoa star fruit, which are star-shaped coconuts. Hmm. Roll me a deception check, because there has to be one lie in here. <laughs> there is one. Where the, uh... Can I do a nature check on these coconut stars? <laughs> um, you can, if that's how you'd like to determine if this was a lie. Deception, deception, there it is. 16. 10. That was a terrible roll. Mm, okay, so with your 10 deception, I'm going to roll a check for our fae friend. Hmm. I am going to guess, and I will tell you, she has no idea which one. Mm. I'm going to guess it is the first one, is the lie, and the other two are true. Alea, what's your guess? Can you say them again? <laughs> I am afraid of spiders. Okay. I have met, or I know, sorry, a dragon turtle. With your nature and... check, you know a dragon turtle is a creature of legend. Okay. And my tribe grows cocoa stars, which are coconut-shaped stars. Star-shaped okay. coconuts? Definitely. <laughs> I'm going to do... The second one is false. The truth is, I don't know what a coconut star is. Ugh. It's always the food, the specific food that I've never heard of, but could be real. Mm -mm -mm. All right, here, she picks up a s'more. Would you like a s'more? No, thank you. They get stuck in my fur. Hmm. You see as icy cold frost appears on her fingertips and it flash freezes it and it hardens it like an ice cream bar. Ooh, okay. How about now? Yes. We're so gonna get cursed. <laughs> I'm excited. As you touch it, you the only magic you can feel on it is the evocation spell to conjure mm -hmm. cold. And it will bite it slowly just so he doesn't freeze his teeth off. That's good. All right, who's next? Alea, you can go or I can go, either or. You can go, I still try to think. That's okay. Hmm, two truths and a lie. Hmm, I have once sailed with a figure of legend. I was born under a night 
where the moon reflects like a mirror. Well, one of them. I'm allergic to pineapples. Can I do an inside check? Absolutely. Same Z's. It's gonna be the food one. <laughs> That's a, I got a 10. What was the first one again? She sailed with a figure of legend. And the second? A born under a moon that reflects like a mirror. I'll say it's the moon one. Well, here, before you take your guesses, what were your rolls? Eight. Uh, 10. Alea, I will say that when she said figure of legend, her blinks were out of sync. And Hele, when she said the moon, her eyes kind of rolled a little bit. What? <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. Okay, I, I guess I'll just go with the first one then. I was... I'm singing with the moon. I'll go with the first one. Hmm. Well, the first one. I will tell you, I have sailed with a man by the name of Angolon. He's a famous sailor on the Drogman coast. Infamous. One of the worst pirates there ever was. The moon itself was not reflective. But if you looked upon it on the night I was born, the sky would merit your reflection upon you. So it was the pineapple. I love pineapples. It is! Alea's cut off. <laughs> Sorry, it was always the food one. It's always the food one. Oh gosh, okay. I guess it's my turn. Okay, um... She takes hmm. a, a s'more, freezes it, and is like crunching on it. Hold on, wait, wait, one second. Thermash, you're missing out on so much fun in here. Okay, go. <laughs> this feels like a slumber party. <laughs> okay, I have lived in a treehouse. I am colorblind, and I had a dog named Peanut. Eliel doesn't even look over you. She just slams her hand on her knee and goes, It's the dog. It's always the food one. I'll say the colorblind. Would you like to roll a deception check, or you guys want to just keep playing this out? I just play it out. Okay, it's more fun. Okay, here's the thing. I kind of want to play it like Alea is colorblind, but she doesn't know she's colorblind. Oh, so it's so, like a partial colorblindness? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. So how would she not... I feel like that's a hard stretch. Like, how would she not know? She just thought that that's how colors are. But I feel like so, at some point she would have pointed to a color and said like, oh, that's this. And someone's like, what? No. It hasn't happened thus far. So like, are you thinking partial or full? Partial. Partial, okay. Of certain colors she gets mixed up. Absolutely green. It has to be green. It has to. She's a druid. She's surrounded oh, by Oh, that would make so much sense. <laughs> she can't tell when a plant's healthy or not. She's, they just always look. What is it like? It, it, it turns brown, right? It, yeah, it's red green. Yep. So greens and reds look like shades of brown. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, I I, lo I like that. We have kind of solidified a reason, so we're not kind of like making fun of it. Okay, so with that, go ahead and tell them which one it is. It's kind of like the same where she thinks she's cursed, but everyone's telling her she's not cursed. So everyone's telling her she is colorblind, but she doesn't think she's colorblind. Oh, okay, okay. I like that. Kind of denying it. Yeah, so that would technically be her lie, but it's a truth. Okay, so she would say that's a lie. Yeah, so she just said three truths. <laughs> <laughs> that's so confusing. Alaya doesn't know how to play this game very well, huh? <laughs> well, technically, from her perspective, it is a lie, so we'll cut into that. So the lie was that you're colorblind. 
Yeah. I knew it. How? How can you be a druid? Be around nature and not realize, you know, colors, it's kind of a key component. Well, the funny thing is, do you remember how I was saying how I think I was cursed? Yeah, well, my family, no one says that I'm cursed, but they say that I'm colorblind. But I'm not colorblind. I can see colors. I'm going to blow your mind right now. What if it's both? That I'm cursed and colorblind? Curses can <laughs> cause things. Just putting that out there. I don't know exactly. I don't know. I mean, like, okay, she's going to look on her person. See, like, this belt, yellow. This jacket, brown. This little skirt thing, half skirt, brown. Her jacket is red and her little half skirt is brown, but her belt is yellow. I hate to tell you this, darling. Hey, Le, would you like to confirm that the jacket is not brown? Are you sure? I'm not sure anymore. Am I colorblind? Wait. Are you pranking me? Well, she was so confident. I don't know. Okay, well, something new. What would tell me what colors it is? All right. Eliel raises her hand in the air and creates an illusion of an orb. Hey, it's red. What color is this? Red. Brown. See, it's red. Maybe you both are colorblind. That's not how that works. How do I know that that's actually red? Do another one. Do another one. She conjures a. a image of a tree. The trunk is brown. Hele, the leaves are a vibrant emerald green. It's a brown tree. It's a brown tree. See? Roll me a deception check, Hele. <laughs> <laughs> Jerk. Uh, where's the thing? There it is. Uh, 18. <laughs> Alea, would you like a roll in insight? <laughs> well, I wouldn't think that he's lying, so I'm just believing it. So no, I'm not going to roll an insight. Okay. <sighs> Fine. Listen, darling, you may be cursed or you may just be denying something that has always been there, but isn't a problem. I'm going to rummage through my pockets. Okay, for what? I'm going to pull out... A big wad of dirt, which is also brown. Oh, I have a winter blanket. Okay, I'm pulling out the winter blanket. I'm assuming this is a blanket that her grandmother knit her, so it's got a bunch of patterns in different colors. Ooh, okay. And for like 15 minutes, Alea's pointing to colors and asking what they what they are. You and Eliel kind of go through this fabric and she's pointing out what you're now learning are reds and greens. I'm taking notes. Yeah. And she's, this one here is a vibrant shade of crimson red. These two are more of an emerald green. This is kind of a dark pine green of like the needles of a pine tree. Mm -hmm. Have you really gone this long without anyone helping you through this? has pointed out that I might be colorblind, but I always just thought I was cursed. They didn't listen to me about that, so... You're getting the fact that Alea, she's smart, but like... Well, naive. Yeah, naive. And like, maybe the failing is like, not something wrong with because a coping mechanism for failure is, you know, blame an outward source, right? So I feel like that could, oh, that's so sad, but it's, <laughs> it's a moment. <laughs> what color was Peanut? <laughs> Peanut, her dog. Darling, I can't tell you that. It's what color do you think it was? Brown. So your dog was either brown, red, or green. It's, it's mm. fine. I'm going to have to write home. She makes a memo. Ask what color Peanut was. What color are dogs normally? Is that a DM question or a game question? Both, because <laughs> there are dogs on my uh, island. 
I mean, like, there are like stories of them, but there aren't actual dogs. They can come in a variety of colors. She makes a note. Find red and green dog. Well, this has been fun. We've learned a little bit. I, Leia, I, dear, I really hope um, this has been helpful for you. Again, I don't want to... I hope you don't think we were making fun of you at all. Oh, I'm excited now. Now I can learn more about this. Maybe you've been just trying to use avenues to interface with plants that people who can see in full color are used to doing. Wait, uh, she's going to point at her dirt pockets. What color are these plants? They are definitely not green. They're definitely dead. I will say those are a sickly, sickly brown. They're very, very dark. Um, but maybe color isn't an indicator of plant health for you. Maybe you should look at the actual makeup of the plant. She's taking notes. Makeup of plant. Okay. You were going to say something, Rob? No, I was just going to say they're, they're not green. That's all I got. <laughs> um, I think this is a cool little spot to fade away. Um, we pull back as all of you are kind of discussing and maybe helping Alea figure out maybe a key behind why she has been so not good at taking care of plants. At least the plants that you have encountered. So our view pans away from them kind of going back and forth and helping Alea discover something new, or, new about herself that she didn't quite wrestle with. And we settle on Thurbash, Tedward, and Rose who are kind of sitting around the fire. Um, Rose is kind of cuddled up now in a, a sleeping, like a bedroll. Um, she has a pillow on the ground and she's just kind of laying there watching the flames dance. What are you doing, Thurbash? Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show. Man, that sleepover was a surprising little addition to a session that I didn't really see coming, but mm, I was loving every second of it. As always, our release days have moved to Mondays, though this week has been a little off, mostly because I got to be Velma for a couple days. I sat on my glasses and, well, it's hard to edit when you can't see. That joke about Velma wasn't for you to just laugh at me, you know. It's a great spot. It's a great time to announce that our initial edits for the show have been put together by an editor for us, specifically Nikki from the show Beholder to No One. I know she's currently looking for more editing work right now, and if you have a lot on your plate like I do, well, you can support another creative in our wonderful, wonderful niche and get some really, really good audio edits. Nikki's wonderful, and we're lucky to have her. Anyways, this arc has me super excited. It's dramatic, emotionally heavy, and brings a tone to our show that we have yet to experience. And it involves some decisions Thurbash makes in the next episode. Our upcoming episodes for this arc will have content warnings for your consideration. Our songs and ambient music for this episode are features from Kevin McLeod and Sword Coast Soundscape, which you can find in our episode description and on their Bandcamp pages where you can go support them right at the roots. We're also using tracks from Dark Fantasy Studios to support the narrative.
Hey folks. So in this episode, we sort of stumbled into the idea that Alea is colorblind, specifically red-green colorblind, or deuteranopia. Now, this wasn't something pre-planned about her character, and Avi, along with the rest of us, felt that it seemed to make sense in the moment that it would fit well into the character that all of us have been kind of working to develop throughout our game sessions. Now, with that in mind, I want to be abundantly clear. This is not the butt of a joke, nor is it a topic we intend to take light of. I myself am visually impaired, specifically legally blind, which, ironically, is the reason this episode is a couple days late. This is one of the many reasons why handling this development for Alea's character is something I want to be handled with the utmost clarity. Being visually impaired is a serious matter, and it does impact the lives of real people. So we don't want to be joking about it. After this session, I sat down with Avi to discuss the direction of this character development, and we concluded that her visual impairment is something that she was born with, but like many real people on planet Earth, didn't realize. And it's not the result of a curse or magical affliction or anything that needs to be cured. Having a disability is never a topic that should be presented like it's a curse or it's something that needs a cure. Here, disabled lives matter just as much as everyone else's. All people are welcome on Esperon. You know, excluding turfs, racists, bigots, etc. You know, the usual gambit of hateful people. We want this place to be safe and comfortable for you. Stay safe and see you soon.